You are listening to the Wealth Talk Podcast, hosted by Richard Adokasi from Create Wealth Network. The Wealth Talk Podcast is expanding on the principles that are within the map book, the Mind Assistance Program, particularly the Focus 11, which are 11 aspects that we focus on in life to create wealth. These aspects include mental, spiritual, physical, relationships, financial, yourself, contribution, new, business, learn, discipline. We will feature guests that specialize in these aspects to expand your awareness and consciousness on creating wealth. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Wealth Top Podcast. And this show is growing more and more. And, you know, most importantly, you know, I'm reaching the people of all different industries and they're so accepting to come on board and come all the way over here in Brampton you know, and to give us more knowledge and share more wealth talk, you know, get us on the next mindset and our next level, you know, through the principles of the map book. You know, I have an amazing guest right now. You know, you're going to know more and more about him every year because he does something annual that is, is, it's amazing. I went this year and it blew me away. Actually really got me on a mindset of multifamily. But Seth Ferguson, Seth, thank you for coming on board the Wealth Talk podcast. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. I, okay, Seth, man, like this show, you know, we really want to, you know, share the gems. I know right now your mindset's fully wrapped in multifamily, but, you know, we want the story, you know, so we want to go all the way back. You know, we want to take it from the beginning, like, where were you born? You know, what was life like growing up? You know, tell us more about that. Oh, all the good stuff. Yeah, yeah of course, yeah. Of course. So, um, yeah, b- basically I grew up in Milton. Uh, okay. So if somebody's listening and they're not familiar, it's just like 40 minutes west of Toronto. Um, so it was a small town, mm. about 20,000, 25,000 people, and then it's blown up recently. So now we're about like 140,000. So Oh, wow. Growth. You said you were born in Milton? Uh, well, I was born in Toronto, then okay. my parents moved there. How old? How old like were you? One, one year old. Okay, okay, like okay, so okay. I grew up in Milton. Nice. And uh, basically, I, I lived there, uh, right in town or in the country uh, around Milton. Okay, uh, nice. Basically, my entire so life. So that time, probably like mostly just grass, because Milton wasn't really. You know, think about like, like growing up, I guess it was like far neighbors or something like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, basically Milton used to be a square mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, where there were farm fields, now there's houses. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I left uh, for a year to uh, pursue hockey in the U.S. And when I came back, I actually got lost mm-hmm. in Milton because there were gas stations where there used to be fields. Wow. There were houses. So it, it was a big shit in the year. I, you know, it blew my mind how much development had actually happened. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's serious. Yeah. So, so talk to about talk to me about childhood. Like, what was what was it like growing up? Like, what were you doing as a child? Oh, yeah. So I, I was uh, the oldest of six kids. Oh wow. Uh, so yeah, my, my parents had lots of kids, and the house was always very very busy. Mm. Um, but uh, you know, I I, I played hockey uh, as a kid, um, and uh, you know, I, I played that at various levels. Um, I was always really interested in history, mm. so I was a huge history nerd. Okay, uh, you know, had a musical component in there too. So I always had lots of different activities I was doing, mm. and uh, I have a wide, uh, I, a, a diverse range of interests too. So I, I'm that sports weightlifter kind of guy, okay. all the way to the the music nerd, to the history nerd. And everything in between. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then what about your parents? Like, what did they do for, like, income? Were, like, were they working people? Or, like, did they have businesses? Did they have multifamily? Like, like what? No. <laughs> okay. No, no, not, not at all. So, uh, my mom, uh, you know, looking after six kids, uh, she, 
you know, when I was born, she was working as uh, a textbook editor. Okay. So she would edit textbooks. Oh, wow. Um, and then once the kids came along, uh, you know, raising six, six kids is a full-time job. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. Uh, so she uh, raised all the kids and then she went back to school, got her master's degree once everybody was old. Mm-hmm. And uh, now she's uh, running the university's application center. So if somebody applies to university, mm-hmm. uh, she's basically one of the people that runs that operation. Oh, wow. That's um, amazing. Yeah. And then my dad, he ran a uh, commercial printing business for a very long time okay. uh, under various different names. So, uh, you know, at that time uh, in the nineties, you know, printing was done locally yeah, um, yeah. and then things started getting outsourced, uh, you know, to China. Yeah. Um, and uh, so he sold that business and then actually he bought a real estate brokerage okay. um, in Milton. Uh, oh, so wow. he bought a Century 21 franchise. Nice, um, nice. So, yeah. Was he already in real estate at that time? Uh, when he bought the brokerage, yeah, he, he, he had, when he sold the, uh, the printing company, uh, he had started selling some commercial real estate for a Remax brokerage okay. uh, in Mississauga. Okay. And then, uh, I guess when my mom went back to school, mm. uh, he wanted to be closer. Oh, nice. Uh, so then he bought the brokerage, uh, in, uh, it was in Halton Hills. Okay. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. So you being the oldest, like, do you see yourself kind of like what was pulling along your younger, young, younger siblings, you know, while they're out doing their work and stuff like that? Or yeah, you know, like, you know, growing up in a big family is kind of tough. Like mm. I, you know, I, I would have loved to be the only child. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not not going to lie. Yeah, I'm yeah, not sure yeah. how many kids you have. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I have two, you know, and I yeah. grew up with, I grew up with two brothers. So I, I know yeah. how it is. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, when there's so many kids, you know, obviously like you're always, uh, babysitting and mm-hmm. then the parents expect you to, uh, you know, pick up some slack. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. All that <laughs> stuff. So, you know, it, it, you know, in my perfect mind, being an only child would have been great, mm-hmm. but, uh, that was not in the cards. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So what, so you and your siblings like what kind of things were you into? Oh, every, everybody's so different. Okay. So different. You know, we've got one who's really into computer games and that's, you know, that's what he does. Mm. Uh, some of the younger ones, uh, they did sports too. Mm. Uh, so one, and, uh, one of them is uh, like a physiotherapist now. So okay. he played hockey and nice. lacrosse mm. and then got into physio. Mm. Uh, you know, like it's such a wide, diverse range. You know, mm-hmm. my, there's, there's one girl in the mix, my sister. And, uh, you know, that now she's really into like fitness classes and, okay. and, and she teaches those. Nice, so like nice. no, nobody's the same, like everything's yeah, yeah. very different. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And then I see your dad got into uh, real estate. So I guess you kind of went along with, cause your dad was kind of in it. You brought the broker. So that's, is that kind of your introductory well, into that? Yeah. So, so what happened was, uh, I had gone down to the U S um, so I played hockey and then I started refereeing hockey Yeah, and I, I was going much farther refereeing hockey than I was playing. Okay. Uh, so I was trying to make the NHL as a referee at the time. So I went down to the US, worked a whole bunch of different leagues. And then when I came back, I realized I needed like a, a real job. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so I thought real estate, you know, selling real estate, um, you know, most people think from the outside, oh, it's really easy. You set your own schedule. Uh, so, you know, I, I thought, yeah, I'll just sell real estate and continue to travel for hockey. So um, yeah, but my dad having the brokerage, you know, I started working there yeah. and, uh, and started kind of building up that, that side. Okay. Okay. So what, when you started up, like, what, how, like, were you still in school or you were, this is when you're no, more like, no, I, I was done. Actually, you know, I, I never finished university. Okay. Uh, I was taking history in university and I hated it. Okay. <laughs> I'm, a huge, I'm a huge history nerd and yeah. I love history. 
but the way it's presented and the way it's taught, I mm. thought was horrible. Um, so I, I basically stopped and then went down to the U.S. for hockey. Oh, wow. And when I came back, you know, my mom, my mom would still love for me to go back to school, but it's, yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I've got my own thoughts on education and, and stuff like that. But yeah, um, but yeah so um, that, was a, that was a long tangent. But, but yeah. yeah, so I, I didn't finish school. I yeah. just uh, came back from the U.S., mm-hmm. was still working. I was working in the OHL at the time. Okay. And then doing another league in the U.S. And then I started... By selling the, the brokerage side of stuff. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. So you were you were pretty much that's when you got on board with your dad's brokerage. Yeah. So did you work any other type of jobs, or that's this is pretty much like the first real employment that you had? Set oh, up? No, when I when I was in like first year university, I ran one of those like student painting companies. Okay. Uh, so uh, you know we were painting houses. Mm. Uh, I had the Cambridge franchise, so um, you know we would I had a crew of painters, like multiple crews, and we would paint like all over. All over Cambridge. Okay. You know, windows, doors. We got into some interior stuff. Um, so, and that was a big uh, awakening into managing employees and hiring, mm. you know, my strengths. You know, my strength was the selling side. You mm. know, I, I, I sold um, a lot of painting jobs and then I had a really good margin. So I was able to sell high ticket mm. jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I failed at execution. Mm. So, you know, I, I, I didn't hire the right people. Mm. Um, I should have hired a manager to, ma- to manage the painting because yeah. I suck at painting. Yeah, <laughs> I sucked. Um, so you know that was a good lesson in terms of you know I didn't make any money at it, but mm-hmm. I learned a whole lot. Yeah, a, a lot from yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What yeah. did you learn? Like, give us the job. What did you learn? Oh well, there there's like different facets of business, right? Like you've got your sales and marketing side. You've got your so mm-hmm. like it's one it's one thing uh, it's one thing to sell, right? Mm. Um, so you can have all these jobs in your queue, but then you have to actually execute on it. Yeah. Two yeah. totally different things. Exactly. And, and, you know, to execute, you need somebody who's, who's like an operator. I was not a good operator. Mm-hmm. I, I was a good salesperson. I was, I'm good at like the top, but I'm not good at the nuts and bolts. Okay. It. Um, so, and, and that's why I struggled so much to actually execute on the, on the jobs I sold. Mm. Um, so I, I really, I very quickly learned my strengths yeah. in terms of, okay, I'm good at being the face. I can talk with people, that mm. sort of stuff. But mm. ask me to pick up a paintbrush and train people how to, yeah. how to paint, not going to happen. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay, so then from there, you know, go on. I want to know, like, I'm trying to see how to put the pieces together because I know where your mindset's now, yeah. but, you know, I'm trying to see, okay, how, oh. like, how, did, how do you put together? But that makes sense. Like, now you're thinking about managing. You're thinking about, you know, like, how, how the, the, um, the sales is one, and that's true. It's always the sales and then the, the operational, right? Yeah, but you know what? Like, I would say that influenced me into getting into real estate. Mm. Right, because so I had this horrible experience. I had all these employees. I was just, you know, I was working my bag off, mm-hmm. and uh, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't an enjoyable experience for me. So then, when I had the chance to work for my kind of work for myself and just mm-hmm. sell, I'm like, oh, this is the best thing ever, right? Mm-hmm. Because now I don't have to manage employees. Yeah, yeah. Um, however, I learned that that wasn't the best way to think about it. Um, having those employees and having that bad experience in terms of executing. It really skewed my perception in terms of what it meant to run a successful business. Uh, so, you know, on, on the one side, I, I could sell. I just had problems ex- executing. But instead of like thinking about it, okay, I just need to find somebody who can execute. Um, I took the mindset, okay, well, now I just have to do everything on my own and working for myself. Me being the only person is the best thing ever. Yeah. Um, quickly, I, I learned that's not 
not the way to do it, but that was my mindset, right? So I, I kind of went from having a big mindset to like a small mindset, narrow-minded. Um, and it took me many years to uh, come out of that. Yeah, okay, okay. And then uh, I want to know, like, because obviously at first you started doing uh, the residential. Yeah. Would you say, okay, okay, so residential real estate, kind of like buy and sell, like re regular realtor uh, profession. Is that how you started? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I, you know, I was helping clients buy and sell houses. I was, I was making what most people would consider really good money. Mm -hmm. Like, um, but uh, my, my issue was I also had the money was coming in, but it was going out just as fast, right? So I had like the nice car. Yeah, I had like a four bedroom house all to myself. Oh wow! You know, it, it was it was ridiculous. Like yeah. I, I was stupid yeah, in terms yeah, yeah. of uh, what I was doing. Um, but like, talk about that though. Like, what? Like, I guess. You've been longing for that money. Is that why you feel that you, you well, did that? You know, like, you know, I, I remember my dad was like, oh, because uh, my dad was like, Seth, you need a nice car. Right? Oh, okay. Like, then, okay, well, here I go grabbing like the really nice Mercedes and, oh. the, and the lease payments were ridiculous. Mm. What I should have been doing, because like, I, I, I hadn't been exposed to anybody who had, who had successfully invested in real estate and built a portfolio. Yeah. So here I am working in real estate, but I knew nothing about what it meant to acquire properties mm -hmm. or, or anything. So basically I thought just buying the biggest house you could get mm -hmm. was the best thing to do. Mm -hmm. and so it was, yeah. So I had this nice car, I had this big house, but I ended up being house poor. Like all my money was going in to service the debt. Yeah. What I should have done. Um, and if I would have known any better, I should have just bought maybe like a, uh, like a bungalow with a basement apartment, mm -hmm. house with a basement apartment, mm -hmm. you know, done house hacking. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah right. Yeah. So, you know, you have a tenant paying off your mortgage, yeah. you know, acquired an, another, you know, acquired things that way. Yeah. It didn't like, I, that was so foreign to me. Mm -hmm. um, so I had no idea what I was doing at, okay. all, at all. So then, so did someone, did you meet someone? Like, how did you? Finally, figure out these, you know, the yeah. key that you know. <laughs> yeah. So, so it, it was after a number of years. Like I had nothing. I had. It was basically all the money was coming in. It was going out just as mm -hmm. fast. Mm -hmm. um, I'm like, you know what? Like I need to start doing something. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm like, you know what? Like I'm selling this real estate. I know the the local market better than almost anybody else. I yeah. have all these advantages. I should start buying houses. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, like okay. a lot of people, yeah, 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 that yeah, made yeah. a lot of sense. Uh, Don Campbell, mm. uh, who's big in the Canadian real estate investing uh, circle. I read his books, you know, The Acre System yeah. and, and all of his stuff. And, uh, and that kind of gave me the foundation of like, okay, well now I have to start acquiring properties. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, my, my partner at the time, um, we, we acquired a, a bunch of properties and that was kind of the, the start of the single family portfolio. Okay. Um, learned a whole lot of lessons along the way. Okay. Did everything wrong. Mm. But, uh, but yeah. Like, that, what do you mean did start. everything wrong? So what happened? Oh, Talk to me. Well, like the, the very first, the, the biggest mistake I made was like when I started acquiring a property, I didn't think about what I was building towards. Okay. Right. So, so I didn't think, okay, well, this is where I want to be in 10 years. What do I have to do to get there? Mm -hmm. I just started acquiring properties just because they were there. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't really have an end goal. And that's one of the things I stress now, like when I talk with people, it's like, okay, before you even buy a property, mm -hmm. like what's your, I call it your decade vision. So okay. what's your vision in decade? Nice. You know, what do you want your life to look like? What's important to you? Who do you spend your time with? What mm -hmm. causes do you support? Yeah. You, you have to be able to close your eyes and picture yourself in 10 years. It's like, okay, now we can actually work backwards. Yeah. Uh, Cause I think of it as like, okay, if you and I are going on a road trip, 
Mm -hmm. uh, back in the day before Google Maps. And and we have to go from Toronto to Vancouver. We have to have the map. We need to know what roads we're going to take. Mm -hmm. You know, what kind of car do we have to take? How many people are in the car? When are we going to stop? What Mm -hmm. hotels do we want to stay Mm -hmm. at? Mm -hmm. You know, what kind of car do we need? Do we Mm -hmm. want a big V8 engine? Do we want want like a economy car? Mm -hmm. All these things have to go into it. But the very first thing you need is your destination. Mm -hmm. Then you fill everything in. I, di- I didn't do that. Okay. You know what you're saying right now? Those are the principles of the map book right there. Oh, you nice. fill everything in. You fill it. So it's all blank. And then you fill it all in, like the whole destination. Oh, and you just even said it. You have a map, you know? Yeah. So, you know, thank you for, you know, plugging that in. And honestly, that's why we reached out to you because I know you're applying the principles within the program, right? And that's pretty much what we want to get out there. So now you have a decade plan. Go on. So now what real yeah, estate, you have yeah, a decade yeah, we'll, plan. We'll, we'll plug the book. Oh, for so, sure, for sure. But, uh, but yeah, so, you know, my... I realized far too late mm-hmm. that I had skipped that really important step. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that came when my son was born, mm-hmm. uh, Callan. And, uh, you know, like, I, I'm sure you felt the same thing when, when your kids came along, right? Like, now you've got this little baby yep. in your arms. You want to, like, do so much more for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I knew, like, one thing I knew for sure was I, the most amount of money I had made was owning the real estate, mm. not selling real estate. Mm. How old were you at, at, at this time when you, when, when oh, you had but, this? Uh, Callum was born when I was 30. Okay. Right? Okay. So so I, I was kind of late, right? Yeah. Like, um, That's ne- it's never late, bro. Yeah, it's never late, man. Yeah. It's always on time. You know what I'm saying? But go on. Yeah, yeah. so so I, I knew I wanted, I needed to go bigger. Yeah. Uh, real estate was the right thing, mm-hmm. but the, the types of properties I was buying was wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what it was. So I, I kind of, I, Callum coming along, my son, it forced me to really think about, okay, well, what am I really trying to do? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I've got a pretty big real estate goal. Um, and I worked out I would have to own a thousand houses to actually hit my real estate goal. Nice. And so th- that was like a big wake up call when I did the math. I'm yeah. Like, okay. So there's no way I can finance a thousand houses, mm-hmm. especially in Canada, because mm-hmm. it was hard enough getting a mortgage for your single family yeah. homes, right? Yeah. Just the way it's uh, you know financed and stuff. Um, so I'm like, okay, well, houses are definitely out. Yeah. Um, you know, how can I hit a thousand houses? How can I hit that goal? Um, I need a different way that the properties are financed. I need a different scalability factor of it. So I looked at industrial real estate, office, retail, multifamily, mobile home parks, you know, self-storage and multifamily really resonated with me. Mm. Um, because, you know, like I, I looked at how the assets performed over the past couple of recessions. Multifamily was incredibly stable. Um, and especially now with um, with what happened the past couple of years, I, I don't want to demonetize your video, so I won't say the word, the C word. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like like when that hit, you know, people closed up their uh, retail shops. Mm-hmm. They didn't go into the office. Yeah. Uh, but people always need a place to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that was one of the true strengths with multifamily. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, compared to like a duplex, you buy an apartment building, cash flow is way stronger. The way it's financed, the debt you can get is a lot better. Uh, you can force the appreciation. Uh, the way the assets valued is far different than a, a single family home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have all these tax benefits, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it made a whole lot of sense for me. Um, and I'm like, you know what, like screw the single family home stuff. Like I need to start uh, getting into multifamily. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then I had to like educate myself because I knew absolutely nothing. Oh, okay. 
And uh, so, you know, just, just finding out. And one of the very first things I did was start a podcast. And okay. I started interviewing and talking nice. uh, with these really successful real estate investors. Mm. Um, and, and, and that kind of branched off into some other stuff. And, uh, and yeah, that, I think that was one of the best moves I ever made. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Thanks for sharing that story, yeah. man. That's that, and and that, that's pretty much what it, what it is. So you knew, okay, 10 years that my son's born, this is, I gotta have a thousand doors. One, 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 one's not working. No. But 30, 40, 50 at a time makes sense, right? So people were just getting in, because honestly, I'm now just getting in. Uh, my friend Mike Rocco, um, him and I think Gary Balazar, I believe, I believe yeah, the guys, yeah, 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 yeah. They, they have the multifamily thing and, and they were pushing it. I knew before, but to be honest with you, when, uh, when he posted that at first, I thought it was like, I have to get them. I, I remember I told him, I said, you know, I'm working my way there. You know, I got, I got to build up first before I can do like 30, 40 doors. Yeah. Right. But then, you know, once, once I went to your conference, you know, it gave me a different perspective. It let me know, you know, anyone can really do this. Yeah. You know? So, so go more deeper into this. Yeah. So, so you are listening to the Wealth Talk podcast hosted by Richard Adokasi from Create Wealth Network. The Wealth Talk podcast is expanding on the principles that are within the map book, the mind assistance program, particularly the focus 11, which are 11 aspects that we focus on in life to create wealth. These aspects include mental, spiritual, physical, relationships, financial, yourself, contribution, new, business, learn, discipline. We will feature guests that specialize in these aspects to expand your awareness and consciousness on creating wealth. Thank you and enjoy the show. Like a lot of people, like I was this way too. Like you drive down the road, you see an apartment building, you're like, oh, it's some rich guy owns it, yeah, yeah. some life insurance company owns it. And I think that there's just such a lack of um, education out there you know, mm. surrounding apartments, especially here in Canada. Yeah. Um, and, and actually, that's one of the big reasons why I started the conference, because I, I, I don't think multifamily real estate is the education's not there. Mm. The, um, you know, it's like closed doors kind of stuff. So I want to get the word out to more people. Yeah. Um, and, and quite honestly, you know, the, you look at the banks and everything. You know, the banks want you to invest in their mutual funds. Like yeah, that's what exactly. they, so, you know, uh, real estate is uh, an alternative investment. So the banks that your general population is not getting the education they need about investing in real estate. Exactly. And, and most people, they, they live in houses or they rent a house. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, okay, well, this seems safe. They see it on HGTV all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, the flipping shows. Oh, I'm going to invest in real estate. So yeah, I'm going yeah. to get a house. Yeah, yeah. And then like, oh, like, you know, uh, fourplex is really scary, so yeah. I'll, I'll do a couple houses and I'll do a fourplex. Yeah, and, and then everybody—it seems like everybody's really hesitant to get into apartments. Mm. Where you know, I firmly believe if I could go back in time, mm. I would tell myself skip all the single-family homes, mm. just buy an apartment building. Mm -hmm. and, and there's there's so many benefits to doing so. Like number number one, the cash flow is stronger. Yeah, you know, a lot of my mistake building up my single-family home portfolio was I, I was equity rich, but cash flow poor. The cash flow sucks. Yeah, exactly. Something goes wrong. Yeah. Like there's no cash flow there. So, yeah. so the safety of the investment, I would call single family homes a lot riskier than apartment buildings. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And, and then plus you have the buyers, it's more of a retail 
you know, uh, retail buyer for a house, right? You have the general population buying them. You have the emotional swings with mm -hmm. the market. Uh, apartments are a lot more stable. Mm -hmm. um, you have the scale in terms of units. You yeah. have your expense mm -hmm. ratio per unit, um, the type of debt you can have. But I think the biggest benefit is, you know, at a scale, you can bring in an experienced property manager who can run the building for you. Mm -hmm. um, with the single family home, the, the margins are so tight, most people self-manage. Yeah, so yeah. let me ask you this. So if you're a brand new investor and mm -hmm. you're going to make a ton of mistakes, mm -hmm. is it riskier to do it yourself and with zero cash flow and mm -hmm. make a whole bunch of mistakes mm -hmm. or buy an apartment building, mm -hmm. have somebody who knows what they're doing helping mm -hmm. you along the way? Mm -hmm. I, would, I would argue that buying an apartment building is a safer investment. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's just people don't know about it. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that's why I started the conference just yeah. to- Thank you. Edu yeah. Educate people, right? Yeah. Like you look in the US, there's a lot more content out there now, but yeah. in Canada, it's not there. Yeah. Uh, so I, I felt it was really important, like if nobody else is doing it, yeah. like, we have to do it. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, and, and you know, like it, with, within the principles, you know, uh, you're applying them because something must have sparked you to, to do it. Although you said, yeah, I'm gonna do this, but it's like, it's like a, a purpose, like a calling for you because, you know, just seeing where you're, where you're at, you get, that's all you're pitching, multifamily. So it's like a, so I'm sure something said, okay, like there's like some inside you that just said, this is what you have to do, right? Yeah, like, like I wanted to do uh, some sort of event for a while, but like a lot of people, like it's just like investing in your first apartment building. Like you get scared and yeah. you don't do it. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so yeah, like I had, uh, I had the podcast running. I had like a cable TV show running. I'm like, you know what? Like an event would be good. Okay. Um, and it just kind of stayed as an idea in my head. I never yeah. took action on it. Yeah. Cause like, if you don't believe you can do it, like it's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and then I remember I was listening to a gentleman, uh, Daniel Priestley, and he talked about, uh, like the, how, how the best businesses, you know, partner and leverage other other high profile people mm -hmm. and like it, that kind of clicked in my mind and then later on i'm sitting on the couch with my now fiance darcy and i turned to her we were watching shark tank we love shark okay, Tank. okay nice and, and so i turned to him and i was like you know what like i'm gonna have kevin o'leary speak at a real estate investing conference wow and, and, and then she's like yeah whatever uh. <laughs> and uh and, and that was the start of the conference so like it was something that Daniel had said, uh, I guess, stayed in my mind. And mm -hmm. then sitting on the couch, yeah. I, I just decided, yeah, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. Wow, that's so, amazing. Yeah. So how did you get that done? Like, you know, because there's you no know, probably people want to run, like to get Kevin O'Leary. Kevin O'Leary, it sees like thousands of pitches every day. Yeah, yeah. You know, how did you get him to say, yeah, like come on board with this? Yeah, it, it, it took a couple phone calls okay. uh, to the right people. Um, but you know, it wasn't... And, and this, this is the thing, like, this is a big lesson I learned running the podcast too, right? Like, I remember starting the podcast and I was nobody. Like, mm -hmm. I had zero episodes. Mm -hmm. And there were people who I admired. I, I watched them. I listened to them. I'm like, you know what? I would love to talk with these people. Yeah. Most people, when they start a podcast, they're scared to reach out and, and ask. Mm -hmm. um, I just ask people and yeah. the majority of people said yes okay um and, and so you know that was a big lesson i learned so now like if i want something i just ask for it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. i want kevin o'leary i called one person they couldn't get me to the right person but they knew somebody who might know somebody mm -hmm. so i took a couple phone calls and mm -hmm. finally i'm talking with kevin's team and then okay. we, we get it done so okay. uh yeah like and, and then you know ha having kevin on board um it's kind of you know <laughs> 
it's very much like an apartment deal if you're syndicating it, right? Like you have the deal, so I have the conference, but now I have to gather everybody in, right? Mm -hmm. So I have to, um, I have to get all the investors together. So I had to get all the speakers together, and then I had to get all like all the attention to it. Mm -hmm. It's just like a real estate deal, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have your idea, and then you have to somehow like pull all the different components together at the same time mm -hmm. to actually create a ball. It's kind, of, it's like um, you know, like a star in the universe, right? Like. It starts with gas, and then it starts having mass, and then everything pulls it in. Together. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, that's yeah. kind of what it is. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. So I want you to go into that because you know one of our wealth creators, uh, Jackie Max, she loves your content, oh, cool. and she wanted me to ask you about the syndication. So go, yeah. go first off, what is syndication? You know, and then um, go into like how do you make that happen? And then you know from there too, like you know how does everyone get paid? Like you know, like like how does it? How does the whole thing work? Yeah, so, so syndication is a sophisticated structure uh, that people use to acquire apartment buildings and, and uh, other real estate, right? Uh, Wall Street uh, created the structure and Wall Street does one thing really, really well. They, they raise a whole lot of money and they deploy it very efficiently. Mm -hmm. um, so what syndication allows people to do is to have a deal, have an, have an opportunity and efficiently raise a large amount of capital from passive investors. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people listening right now, they might be familiar with joint ventures, right? You buy a duplex, yeah. you have somebody sign on the loan, mm -hmm. they'll provide the capital, somebody, you know, they get their hands dirty. Mm -hmm. um, the, the challenge with that is when you try to raise large amounts of capital, you have far too many people. Yeah. Um, so that joint venture type of structure doesn't work. It's oh. not scalable. Okay. The other disadvantage is in a joint venture, everybody is deemed to be active. Mm. So the, their risk exposure is unlimited. So if you and I decided to do a triplex conversion, yeah. and even though you're bringing the money and yeah. I'm doing all the decision making, mm -hmm. if something goes wrong, mm. you're getting sued just as much as me. Yeah, exactly. And, and your risk, like you could lose everything. Yeah. Uh, that's just the nature of the business. Yeah. Uh, what syndication does is it segments uh, two components of the syndication, right? Like you've got uh, the, the active party called the sponsor. Mm -hmm. So they make all the decisions. Um, and there's something I call the real estate matrix, like the, the four components every deal needs, right? Mm -hmm. You have the deal itself, the opportunity, mm -hmm. you have the financing, you have the equity, the capital, and then you have the management. Right. The, the sponsor, the active party, brings three components of the matrix, right? They bring the deal, mm -hmm. they bring the, the financing, and they bring the management, the hands-on experience, but they're mm -hmm. missing the capital, the money. Mm -hmm. So what they do is, uh, through the syndication structure, they're able to raise a large amount of money uh, from a number of different individuals, um, and those individuals are afforded protections under the law because of the, the way it's structured. So their risk is limited rather than unlimited. Mm. So that's why it's called the limited partnership. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're, you know, a, a doctor, business owner, programmer, you know, a, a high income person, um, there's no, like, why would you expose yourself to unlimited risk mm. when you can use a structure that limits your risk mm. and still affords you all the benefits of real estate ownership, mm -hmm. right? So if somebody passively invests in a syndication, they're getting the tax benefits, they're mm. getting the, the cash flow, they're getting you know, all the appreciation that comes along with owning real estate, but they don't have to be active in the deal. Mm. Um, it, it's, a, it's a fantastic structure. Mm. Um, whether you're on the active side, doing the deals, raising the capital, or on the passive side, investing your money mm. in a deal, it, it, it's a fantastic structure.
Okay, so is that what the limited is? Is it the, your money? So that's what pretty much if you lose, you just lose what you put in. Correct, that, correct. yeah. Okay, exactly. Yeah, okay. But, but your risk, uh, because if you're not, if you're investing as a limited partner, you're not a real estate expert. You're mm. not making decisions, yeah. right? You're, you're just bringing your capital yeah. to yeah. the deal. Yeah. It's the general partner who is shouldering the burden of the risk. Okay, yeah. okay. And how many people can be in a limited? Oh, it, it's unlimited. Like okay. Wall, Wall Street uses that structure to raise billions and billions and billions of dollars. Okay. Uh, so you, know, you can syndicate a 40 unit apartment building. Uh -huh. You can use it to acquire a 200 unit apartment building, uh -huh. 500, a thousand. Okay. You can raise 20 million, 10 million, mm. 50 million. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's really a scalable uh, structure mm. and it's very efficient with how it does it. Um, and obviously as you scale up in terms of your total raise, your investment minimum is going to change in all sorts of different things. But, um, but yeah, you know, on, on, in a nutshell, it, it's a very efficient way to raise large amounts of capital. Okay. So say uh, someone right now, you know, they, they have um, 40,000 or 50,000, right? And they want to invest in real estate, Yeah. right? Like, is this something that they should look into? Like, like in terms of syndication. So they will obviously see the deal, right? So they get treated like they, they see everything before they actually invest in, right? And then they put that in and then you said to get the cash flow. But the cash flow, I guess, is a percentage of what the total amount is, right? Is that what it is? Correct. Yeah. So, you know, when we're talking about syndications and real estate funds, uh, we're really talking about securities. Mm -hmm. um, so th there are a number of laws that we have to abide by. Yeah. Um, here in Canada, securities are a provincial matter. Mm -hmm. um, in the U.S., you've got federal and then state level. So um, with a lot of securities, so syndications, uh, we work in what's called the exempt market. And the exempt market is where, uh, you know, you're limited to raising capital from what's called accredited investors. Mm -hmm. So the investor has to either meet an income uh, threshold or an asset threshold. So income, it's 200,000 per year or 300 as a couple or uh, assets, it's a million dollars of net assets, uh, not including your primary residence. Okay. Um, so the, the reason is you go back to the 30s. With securities, you have the, these traveling stockbrokers, swindling people. People would invest their life savings, and then the person was never heard from again. There was a lot of fraud. Mm. So the government stepped in and said, hey, listen, like if you're going to invest in a security uh, through the exempt uh, market, meaning that you don't have to file a prospectus and all that stuff, um, the person who's able to invest in these opportunities needs to have the, the resources to absorb a loss in case they lose, and they need to have expert advice. Mm. So somebody earning two or th uh, two or $300,000 a year will be able to afford an accountant. Mm -hmm. They'll have a lawyer. They'll yeah. be able to talk with these yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, somebody yeah, yeah, who's yeah, only yeah, worth $10,000, yeah. they, they, exactly. they don't have the resources, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. it seems arbitrary because let's face it, I know people who know real estate inside and out yeah. who don't meet the accredited investor criteria. Yeah. And then I know people who do meet the accredited investor criteria who mm. have no business investing in real estate. Mm -hmm. It's just an arbitrary line the yeah. government made and, and, and that's the, the rules we have to play in. So okay. um, if somebody's looking to invest in a syndication or a, a real estate fund, you're really investing in a security. Mm -hmm. So you have to make sure that, uh, you know, the sponsor, the person running it, has to make sure they're compliant. Mm -hmm. um, in the U.S., the rules are slightly different with who can participate. I, I, we won't have, we, we won't get into that yeah, today, yeah. but uh, but yeah. So if you're looking at a syndication or a real estate fund, you want to uh, speak with a securities attorney mm -hmm. um, and, and just make sure you're you're compliant.
Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So with, with the properties, right? Now another question that Jackie wanted me to ask is, um, would you take the Robert Kiyosaki approach where, you know, you, I guess you start with a duplex and then you go up or would you take the Grant Cardone approach where you just go all in and just go for, you know, like large numbers from, from the, from day yeah. one? Like I said before, if I could go in a time machine and yeah. go back in time, I would go with apartments. Okay. hundred percent. hundred percent. Knowing what I know now, uh -huh. I would do things totally different. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Totally different. So you were talking about, because I, I tuned into your videos as well, and you're talking about the different ways of making income in multifamily. Yeah. You know, so I want you to go into that right there, you know, like, because what are the different ways of making income? Sure. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of different ways you, you get paid uh, with an apartment building, right? If we're talking about a syndication mm -hmm. um, or a real estate fund as a passive investor, you want to make money through distribution. So that's like the the cash flow that's paid out on a monthly, quarterly, semi-annually basis. And then there's capital events. So if there's a refinance on the property, mm -hmm. you get a big check. Okay. When you sell the property, you get a big check. Mm -hmm. um, on the active side, um, there's a lot of different ways you make money as a sponsor, a general partner, right? Mm -hmm. um, you're going to make fees yeah. um, when the when the property is acquired through an acquisition fee, mm -hmm. because it takes time, effort, and money to actually get the project uh, under wraps yeah um, and then there's ongoing fees for like management fees um, as the sponsor will also participate in the profits mm. uh, so they'll get a what's called a split of, of the profits whether monthly cash flow or uh, the capital events like a sale or yeah. refinance um, but in, in a building itself um, there's so many different income streams, right? You have the rents that come in, mm -hmm. which everybody thinks of, but there's so many others, right? There's there's laundry. Mm -hmm. You could do uh, covered uh, VIP parking, so mm -hmm. you have you have an extra fee to have like a cover under your, over your car. Okay. You can do valet trash pickup. Uh -huh. You can have uh, washer and dryer rentals depending on your market. Mm -hmm. You can have Wi-Fi. You mm -hmm. can have self storage. You mm -hmm. can have storage facilities mm -hmm. there. Private yards. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there's so many different income streams that. That you can uh, that you can have at your property, yeah. Um, and and uh, you know when it comes to apartments, they're all valued like their values based on the net operating income that they uh, that they uh, they provide, right? So the, the more the more revenue, gross revenue you can bring in, the, the better for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the conference, that was the big taco at the conference. The NOI net operating yeah. income, you know, you just. Threw it out there right now. So let's talk about the what is net operating income? Yeah, so your NOI, net operating income, um, it, it's very simple, right? You take your gross revenue, so gross income, all the different revenue streams, right? Your rents, your, you know, all the fees, everything, all the income coming in. Mm -hmm. And you subtract what's called your operating expenses. So your day-to-day -day regular business expenses mm -hmm. um, that it takes to run the property, mm -hmm. not including your debt. You never include like your mortgage payments in that. Okay, okay. Uh, the reason is uh, financing is at the owner's discretion, right? Like mm -hmm. you may choose to finance up to 50%. I may, might, may choose to do 75%. Mm -hmm. it's, it's discretionary. Yeah, 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 and and yeah, it's not yeah, really, yeah, yeah. that's an owner decision rather than a business type of expense. Yeah. So you take your gross revenue, subtract your operating expenses, and that gives you your net operating income. Okay. Um, and, uh, and with multifamily, um, I always say like, we're not really buying real estate, we're buying income that just happens to be attached to the real estate. Mm. So we're, we're buying a business, that's mm -hmm. what we're yeah, doing. Okay. Um, and businesses are valued based on the income they produce. Mm -hmm. um, so with, with residential real estate, um, properties are values 
using what's called the comparable approach, right? Yeah. So if you got five, three bedroom, two bath homes, yeah. and they all sell for a million bucks, yeah. well, guess what? Yours your your home is worth a million bucks. It doesn't matter how much rent it's providing, mm -hmm. like nobody yeah, cares. Yeah, yeah. With apartments, you have a lot more control over how your assets valued, right? Mm. We've got what's called market cap rates, a capitalization yeah. rate. So basically, how much an investor is willing to pay for each dollar of NOI produced. Um, so, you know, for instance, if the market cap rate for your class of property is between four and four and a quarter percent, mm. um, well, that, that means that, you know, the more, uh, the more NOI you can bring to your property, so you can optimize your expenses, mm -hmm. uh, either decrease your expenses or optimize them and increase your gross revenue, mm. the more NOI you have, and that's going to be valued, and your property is going to be valued. Um, using what's called the income approach. So you take your NOI mm. and divide it by the market cap rate and that's mm. going to give you the value of the asset. Mm. So you as the owner, the person controlling the asset, you control you know, how fast you implement um, you know, new revenue streams, mm. how much you uh, increase things by, what you do in terms of uh, you know, optimizing your expenses. The value of your asset is derived from the NOI. So you have a tremendous amount of control over the value of your asset as opposed to residential real estate, mm -hmm. where you're just at the mercy of the market going up and down mm -hmm. um, with, with commercial, with uh, multifamily. You, you, you make that, that decision, really. Okay, so when, when you're going out looking for a deal, right? Like, what, what's, what kind of cap rate are you looking for? And then where, where are you trying to convert it to? Well, I, I would argue cap rates don't matter. Okay. Uh, what, what matters is where the property is at today and where you can take it tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I, I'm a big proponent of what's called the value add strategy. Okay. Um, th there's four key investing strategies in multifamily real estate. You've got uh, core, plus, core, core plus, value add, and opportunistic. What value add does is you're taking an underperforming asset and improving it. Uh, so this is where the control comes in, right? Because a professional investor, like the difference between a retail investor and a professional investor is. You are listening to the Wealth Talk podcast hosted by Richard Adokasi from Create Wealth Network. The Wealth Talk podcast is expanding on the principles that are within the map book, the mind assistance program, particularly the focus 11, which are 11 aspects that we focus on in life to create wealth. These aspects include mental, spiritual, physical, relationships, financial, yourself, contribution, new, business, learn, discipline. We will feature guests that specialize in these aspects to expand your awareness and consciousness on creating wealth. Thank you and enjoy the show. Control. Mm -hmm. A professional investor will always seek to control as much as possible, mm -hmm. right? We can't control interest rates. We can't mm -hmm. control the overall market, mm -hmm. but what can we control? Mm -hmm. um, that's what value add is really centered around. So with value add, I'm looking for an asset. Maybe they have underperforming rents. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's mismanaged. Uh, maybe it needs renovation. Yeah. These are things I can control. Right? Yeah, exactly. I, I can acquire the asset, uh, put in new staff, fix the management, uh, you know, do the renos, I control what, what I do. Yeah. So I look for, okay, I'm acquiring this asset today. What is the market supporting 
in terms of the ceiling where I, where I can uh, go. So maybe my rents are $1,500 a month, yeah. but I have three comparables in the area that are charging $1,700 for basically the same property. Yeah, yeah. Well, now I can control. I know the market's supporting this, it yeah, up exactly. here. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, can I can raise up the rents. Mm. I, I can implement that value. Mm. And I, I'm controlling that. The market's not. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's the key. A cap rate doesn't factor in there. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, and quite honestly, like the lower the cap rate, the, 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 the more money you're going to make on the value side yeah. for each dollar of NOI yeah. uh, you're able to generate. So I've got friends, uh, you know, who are working in very, very tight markets like uh, New York. Mm -hmm. they, they've cracked the system for how to make money in those compressed cap rate environments. Yeah. And then I've got friends who work in. Uh, you know, C-class properties in, yeah. uh, you know, like tertiary markets uh, okay. where the cap rates are higher. So uh, ca cap rate, you know, the cash flow the property produces obviously mm. is important. Yeah. Um, you know, if the property is break even today, yeah. you need a plan to, to have the cash flow tomorrow. Okay. Um, that, that has to go into your business plan. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, ca cap rates, like you can't look at certain cap rates because mm. You, you have to look at the value you can add to that you can add to it. So, yeah. so that's so you, I guess you get your to do your due diligence, right? So, yeah. so it, that's how you find out, right? Because you, you see a property, you know, it looks interesting, but you're gonna go through, I guess, look at like you said, laundry or whatever, see if they have enough laundry. I guess you're gonna find out how much people are paying their rents. You're gonna find out like all these details. That's how you would know. Okay, I can add, based on this and based on. My, me doing some due diligence, I know I could bring it up or something like that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like, like there's two uh, two different columns of value add. Uh, mm -hmm. You have physical and then you have operational. Okay. So physical, it's like, okay, what can I physically do to the property? Mm -hmm. Am I going to uh, redo the whole pool area? Am mm -hmm. I going to add a gym? Am I going to uh, resurface the parking lot, change the roof, you know, renovate kitchens and bathrooms? Yeah. Physical. Operational, um, you know, do I rebrand the property, uh, change the name, change the look? Do I paint, uh, you know, change the, the branding scheme? Yeah. What marketing, marketing am I doing? What management style am mm. I employing? Who are the staff? Mm. You know, uh, who's doing my insurance? Can I, uh, can I uh, try and fight my recent tax increase? Mm -hmm. You know, all these things fall on the operational side. So mm -hmm. when you're looking at a property, you're, you're, you're trying to check off, okay, what can I do physically and what can I do on the operation side? Mm. Um, and some properties, it's all going to be strictly operational, mm -hmm. you know, and then other properties, it's all physical. Mm -hmm. um, and then sometimes it's a mix of both. Mm -hmm. um, but, but those are the things you're looking for when, when you're uh, looking at a new deal. Okay, okay. And then in terms of, in terms of like the funds to like do all this stuff, like are you for, like putting out your own money or is it like more money that you're, you're, you're getting or is it from the revenue that's generating from it? Like it, it all depends on, on your business strategy, right? Okay. Like, uh, you know, a, a syndicator will acquire a, prop, a value add property and uh, they will raise uh, a good portion of the called CapEx, your capital expenditure, the money you're investing in the property. Mm -hmm. So let's say we have to raise 5 million bucks to mm -hmm. actually acquire the property and then it needs an extra 5 million. Mm -hmm. uh, that syndicator, that sponsor will raise 10 million. Yeah, okay. Right? Because okay. you've got the equity needed for the down payment to satisfy the, the loan to value ratio. Mm -hmm. And then you've also got the 5 million for your CapEx. Mm -hmm. So you'll raise 10 because mm -hmm. uh, you never want to be short exactly. and, and get stuck halfway through. Um, a reno because then uh, then you're in a really bad spot. So, but you know, if you're self-funding, um, like there's people who buy, you know, a couple hundred units um, for their own portfolio that mm -hmm. they just buy it. You know, they've got the 15, 20, 30, 
40, 50 million they need, mm -hmm. they'll just buy it and then they're in control, right? Mm -hmm. So um, how, how they finance, it's totally up to them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I know uh, one thing that um, some I, so I see some people talking about is the V2B, so the, I guess the vendor take back. Like, oh, yeah. Um, so like, like in, is this common? Like, do, is, is it common where the vendors will put money in as a loan on, on places or like, I, I guess there's some benefits to it or something like that? Um, well, like, it, like the, how willing a vendor is willing to keep money in the property is going to depend on market conditions, right? So right now, uh, things are pretty hot, mm -hmm. um, generally speaking. So you're not going to find um, like a, a seller willing to keep, uh, be the bank, okay. essentially. Um, you know, you look at hot markets like Texas, Florida, mm -hmm. like no, nobody's doing that. Mm. Um, but you know, market shifts, you, mm. you go back to some of the downturns, mm. um, then people are more willing to do so yeah. uh, because that's what it takes to do the deal. Mm. Um, so the, the real, the reality now is like the markets I'm hunting in right now, like you need a lot of money up front mm -hmm. that goes hard on day one. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're going in with a half a million or more deposit. Yeah. Um, just to, you know, get your offer accepted. Yeah. Yeah. And where, where are you interested in? Like what areas have your, your interest? Yeah. You know, um, uh, DFW, Dallas, Fort Worth, like Southeastern US. Okay. Um, I'm a big, big fan of the, uh, the demographic shifts happening there. That the, what's driving the market. Okay. Uh, Tampa, I'm really interested in, um, you know, uh, you know, Atlanta is another good market. Um, you know, there's so much growth happening down there. Mm. Uh, people are fleeing the coast. So you know, yeah. California, New York, yeah. there are people want to go where the jobs are. And, yeah, and yeah. Where taxation is better. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so much growth happening and, and there's so much runway left down mm. there. Um, and then you've got more, uh, you know, landlord owner friendly laws. Okay. Um, you know, here in Ontario, you know, the government, you know, the government last week just announced that you could increase your rent two and a half percent. Inflation's at six point eight percent. I know, I know, I know. Um, so it's just a totally backwards way of thinking about it. Yeah. Um, and, and so many studies have shown that you know, rent control actually increases the cost of living for tenants, mm -hmm. and they're getting a substandard product. Yeah. Um, I could go on for hours about rent control, but yeah, uh, but yeah, it's like, I think it's a totally backwards way of doing stuff. There's not even too many multifamily. Here, I guess there are, I, I see them, I, I started seeing them more after your conference, to be honest, the, the, but in the US, it seems like there's so many of them, right? Yeah, so, so you look at, um, yeah, it, it's a different, it's a different culture, you could say. Um, you know, there's, there's massive, massive uh, multifamily properties. Like, you know, you're talking a thousand units. Wow. Um, no, no, that, that being said, like, I think a lot has to do with the area too. So you look at the past, uh, you know, couple decades uh, here in the GTA, mm -hmm. um, it, it didn't make sense for a developer to build a purpose-built apartment building. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, they were, mm -hmm. they would make more money building condos. Yeah. yeah, yeah uh, just the way the legislation is and, and everything. So, you know, if, it's a capitalist system, so if I can make more money building condos, I'm going to build condos. Yeah, um, you know, the government has to do a lot of stuff to to make it make sense, mm. uh, where people can then uh, you know put money in, risk their capital to do purpose built apartments. In the U.S., it's a little bit different. Uh, again, depending on your area, but um, but yeah, like, and you've got gorgeous gorgeous properties mm. um, in some places. Like there's one I'm involved um, 
in Orlando. Mm. It's it's on a beach. Wow. Right? Like it's like a resort. Wow. So you know it's you know you can go kayaking, mm. paddle mm. paddle boarding, you know all that stuff. Like yeah. it's like you would want to live there. Yeah, but but right now we're here in Canada, right? So there's probably some people like, oh, that's the U.S. you're talking about. Like, how do I get in the U.S.? Because obviously, isn't the lending pr way the procedures different? Oh, like, how do you set yeah, that up? Yeah, they're different. Like the, the foundations remain the same, right? Okay. You know, what's going to make you successful here in Canada will make you successful in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Like, like the foundations do not change. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the types of lending products available, yes, that changes. Mm -hmm. um, laws will change depending on the city sometimes, the state, the province, mm -hmm. you know, that, that changes. But the fundamentals... You mean taxes and stuff? Yeah, taxes, your structuring, especially as a Canadian investing in the U.S., yeah. very, very important yeah. um, in, terms of, in terms of structuring. But, yeah, like, you just drive down the street, like, there's apartment buildings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but it's, it's kind of like, you know, when you buy a, a new car, yeah. you start seeing your car everywhere. Everywhere, yeah, so yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah, always yeah, there. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you just have to be aware that, that it is there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, you look you know, where, where I live in Milton, like, mm. drive down the street. There's apartment buildings, yep, but yep. most people just, it doesn't register. No, that's like I said, yeah. now, since the conference, you know, and, and I have, that's why I have to heal you up for that. Cause now I see them Yeah. before I seen them, but I wasn't really paying too much attention to what, what was going on. You know what right. yeah. So now I'm like, holy, like, yeah, these are out here. Right. But do you also find good deals here in Canada or? Yeah. Like there's, there's good deals in every market. Okay. Uh, you know, sometimes the strategies we'll employ will be different. You know, for instance, here in Ontario, you can't acquire a building and then raise the rents to market value, mm. right? Because the, the laws prohibit that. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to wait until the unit turns. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, obviously in your business plan and how are you going to, uh, you know, model your income increase, you have to work that in. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's very different to Texas where you can move in and then raise the rents the next day. Wow. But not while, they're in, while they're in there, if they raise, they raise. Like how, how yeah. the market's going, you just raise it on your right. day. So, so the oh, market, wow. right? If a landlord raises the rents too much, yeah. people will leave and go to another property. So the market mm. uh, polices itself. Yeah, right? exactly. If, you, if you're a really bad landlord, people yeah. will move. Yeah, exactly. But like the, the market takes care of itself. Yeah, uh, yeah Here, yeah. Uh, it's, it's artificially governed. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but... I've got friends who are acquiring a lot of units here in Ontario. Mm -hmm, okay. uh, I've got friends acquiring units in BC, okay. uh, Alberta, like yeah. you, you name it. Yeah. Manitoba. Mm. Um, it's just, you know, the, you have to know the market. You mm. have to know like your business plan, mm -hmm. how you're going to execute on it, mm -hmm. um, all, all that type of stuff. No, I, I appreciate you because everything that you're saying, it makes so much sense, right? And, you know, I, I like with the Well Top podcast, I want for the people when they tune into this, like for them to be like aware of something new and then to be able to make the steps in, in doing it. You yeah. get what I'm saying? And you know, like right now you're giving those pieces and, and those are key. But um, on your podcast, I heard you even talk about, you know, having an experience, um, and, you know, someone who's experienced in multifamily, you know, kind of working along with, right? But how does everyone get that kind of opportunity? Yeah, so you have to ask yourself, well, what value can I provide somebody? So, so let's say there's an experienced investor out there, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, you know what? Like, I could really benefit from their experience. Yeah. What will make them want to talk to me? What yeah. will, like, it's it's sales, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what what can I package together to give them to actually make a relationship make sense? Right? Yeah. It can't be all take take take. Yeah. And a lot of people, they're like, oh well, will you help me? Will you mentor me? Mm. It's like, yeah, but it's not a charity. Yeah. Like, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. You know, th their time's important. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So yeah, you know, yeah. what can I do? Maybe it's an older, seasoned investor who's 
you know, maybe having trouble implementing, you know, new uh, systems. So maybe they're still doing everything on paper. Mm. Maybe you can come in and modernize their systems yeah, like, yeah, and, yeah, and move yeah, it yeah, to yeah, more yeah, of a digital yeah, platform yeah, 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 yeah. and really simplify their process. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's a really busy investor who you know is looking for somebody to actually go and look at properties because they're too busy yeah. maybe they like to travel maybe you could become the, the boots on the ground okay you're the, you're the person who will actually physically go mm. to every single property they're looking at and mm. do the physical inspection mm. you know all like there's so many different possibilities yeah but you'll but you have to ask yourself, like, what can I do right, to actually amazing. bring value? That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. That's that goes our focus eleven again in the map book, which is contribution. So you're like, it, it makes the most sense. Yeah. You're saying if you want, if you want to to get something, you got to give. Yeah, you know. So what how, how, and that's that's what it is. That's the foundation. Yeah. And I take it that's what you use to get all those amazing guests on stage. You know, at the at the conference as well, right? You show you provide them with a the value. You pro oh, for, yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. Like that's the only way it. Uh, only way things happen, yeah, right? Yeah yeah, 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 for sure. So at the conference that you have, because I know you have another one that's coming up as yeah. well. You know, um, I guess from the beginning, you, you knew it was going to be an annual thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, it was, honestly, it is so much work to put on a conference. Okay. It, it would not make sense to do it once and not do it again. Because okay, like, yeah, yeah. the, the, the team you build, like the, the learning, like, you know, we made so many mistakes like mm. leading up to it because it was our first time doing yeah. it. Just like a, a real estate deal, right? Like, yeah. it, like you make mistakes and you learn. Mm. It, we learned so much. Yeah. It would be silly not to do it again. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I'm fortunate we have a great team, nice. so, some very experienced people yeah, yeah. now. And Katie, uh, you know that uh, she, oh, she's amazing. Oh, you know, she, she lined us up. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah, Katie's awesome. Yeah. We've got Dwayne, uh, who's like he runs the nuts and bolts of the conference. We we mm. brought Shelly on. She's our sponsorship coordinator. Like nice. we've got we've got a huge like a huge team on oh, the conference. Yeah, yeah. I'm rooting for you guys, man. I want yeah. this big time, man. Big time. Oh yeah, yeah, well, yeah. just wait until you hear. Uh, just wait until you hear who we've got coming uh, in twenty twenty three. Oh yeah, I heard it's a surprise, right? Well, I, actually, well, this is coming out, so I can share one of the two names. Okay, okay. So, uh, very first name. Uh, you are listening to the Wealth Talk podcast, hosted by Richard Adokasi from Create Wealth Network. The Wealth Talk podcast is expanding on the principles that are within the Map Book, the Mind Assistance Program, particularly. The Focus 11, which are 11 aspects that we focus on in life to create wealth. These aspects include mental, spiritual, physical, relationships, financial, yourself, contribution, new, business, learn, discipline. We will feature guests that specialize in these aspects to expand your awareness and consciousness on creating wealth. Thank you and enjoy the show. My favorite uncle, most people's favorite uncle, we got uh, Mr. Grant Cardone himself. Cheers! Uh, coming to uh, the That's what's up, okay. Shout yeah. out to Grant Cardone. Yeah, yeah. So, That's big time. Yeah. That's yeah. big time. Like I just mentioned him earlier, you know, everyone's, yeah. you know, tunes into his stuff and he's straightforward. That's yeah. how I like him about him. He's straightforward and he's letting you know what's going on, man. That's amazing. Yeah. So he's going to fly on his uh, jet up okay. here and uh, Grant right now controls over 5 billion worth of multifamily real wow. estate. So uh, Joe Fairless was at the conference last year. Yeah. He, he controls over 2 billion now, but wow. Grant's at 5 billion. And then uh, our guest number two, mm. I can't say it because I'm not sure when it'll be uh, all ready to announce, but uh, he controls about 
over 15,000 multifamily units and he's wow. got over a billion dollars of assets in his company. Wow. So another really cool guy. So we've got two uh, headliners uh, at the conference next year. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. So break down your vision, you know, with the conference. Like, what's your vision? Because, oh. you know, it, it, it already touched me. You get what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So like, what was your, what is your vision, you know, right now? Like even, I know you have a 10 year, but you know, give, give us the vision. Yeah, so I, I've got a really big goal for uh, five years from now. Mm -hmm. um, so my goal is to have 10,000 people at the event nice. in five years. Yeah. Uh, so we want to go big uh, with it and make it the multifamily event across North America. So mm -hmm. whether you're in the U.S. or you're in Canada, mm -hmm. if you're in multifamily, I want you to say, I have to be at the multifamily mm -hmm. conference. Uh, that, that's the vision for it. Okay. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm searching out the very best people to mm. put on stage. Like yeah. I'm a big believer in that. So, yeah. you know, like this year, Grant and our other big speaker, mm. like, you know, I, I sought out the very best there is. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that happened last year with Kevin O'Leary, you know, such a, a, an astute investor. He tells it like it is. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. seen so many pitches. Yeah. He, he's got a good handle on things. We had Joe Fairless, Joe Blunt, like you go down the list. Yeah. We're going to do the same thing again next year, mm. but it's, uh, you know, uh, we want to go big. So mm. and that's why we moved it to downtown Toronto. Yeah. We're at the Metro Toronto Convention Center, literally right beside the CN Tower. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we've got an after party. I rented out the best nightclub in the whole city. Okay. So we're at Rebel Nightclub. Oh, nice. Right nice. on the water. Like, so we're like, I want the event to be the best. So I had to Get the best. Right? Yeah, we got course. the best venue in the city, the best nightclub, yeah. the best speakers. Yeah. Like, that, that's I, I'm a big believer in that. So, yeah, 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 for sure. And I seen you already started promoting it, started put it, putting yeah, it out there. Yeah, yeah of course. It man. never ends. It yeah. Never yeah. Ends, yeah, no, yeah, it, it's it's growing, man. I already seen the potential of it. Like I said, like how it just transformed my mindset. I have to shout out Jackie uh, Macloff, you know, because she I, I seen it scrolling up because yeah, you were pushing that heavy on the yeah. ads. I can't lie. You know, so I'm scrolling and I'm seeing it. I've seen Kevin O'Leary's face everywhere. Like Kevin O'Leary, oh, Lee, this guy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then I see like a bunch of different ads. And then, you know, she reached out. You know, we have a network, Create Wealth Network. She's like, oh, is anyone going to the multifamily thing? And then after um, another uh, guy, Collins, he's like, yeah, I'm going, I'm going. I'm like, okay, I have to go then, you know? Yeah. I have to go. Yeah. So I got my ticket right there too. And yeah, I'm so happy that I went. You know, the network was amazing. Even from there, I went to another network, uh, another event after like spying yeah. from that. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? And you know, like, and I connected with some people there, got to connect with you, you know, and you know, like, that's amazing. And, and this was like right after COVID, like pretty much just like the first oh, gathering, you know, yeah. at, like when people were coming in with no mask, like we get to see each other and stuff. That was amazing. And you, yeah. so you're planning during COVID. <laughs> yeah. Like, Almost everybody told me I was crazy mm. um, because it was in the middle of COVID and everything was locked down. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? We're going to run this conference. And I, I did not think we would still be locked down. Yeah. Right? Like, and uh, we basically had, it worked out to be like a month and a half of like ticket sales uh -huh. where we were going hard. And yeah. Uh, yeah, like if we would have had another month or two of yeah. like being opened up, like we would have oh, had for sure. so many more for people. For sure, for sure. And I was so stubborn. Uh, a lot of people were like, no, you have to postpone all these other events mm. were postponing. I mm. said, no, like screw this. Like it's, you know, we have to, we can't be scared locked in our houses mm. like forever. Like mm. we have to get back out there. Mm. Like, you know, we're, we're doing the event no matter what. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it was a big risk and uh, I, I'm glad we did it that way because, you know, like honestly, like I got hundreds and hundreds of like messages or like DMs, emails, like you name it. 
from people being like, thank you so much for doing this. Mm. And that blew me away. It mm. blew my mind. Mm. Um, so like, you know, and that kind of showed me how important it is to actually do this stuff. Mm. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so like, I'm so excited for next year. Yeah. So talk about that though, because like you just push past fear, like the fear of what everyone was doing, everyone was postponing. Yeah. You know, what made you like that? I'm just, ask my fiance. She'll say I'm stubborn. Okay. Right? Like, and you know, like I, I've learned to, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to do something like it's far easier to go big with it than it is to go small. Like, mm -hmm. like if I would have tried to run like a 50 person real estate gathering, nobody would have paid attention. Mm -hmm. Nobody would have been excited for it. But if, because I went big people, mm -hmm. it's kind of like, you know how Grant has his 10 X rule. You have to 10 X. Yeah. It's true. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you go big with it, there's an excitement, there's a sizzle to it. Mm -hmm. it it's unique. Mm -hmm. um, and, and uh, you know, what, what I've kind of tried to do with myself is like, if I want to do something, if I don't, if I don't have that feeling of being scared in my gut, mm. I'm not going big enough. Okay. So, you know, I remember, you know, with the started writing checks for the first conference, yeah. I was petrified. Okay. I was terrified, okay. terrified, uh -huh. you know, you know, wiring the money to Kevin O'Leary, like just mm. like, I was terrified. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, we do the conference and then we were already planning for 2023, mm. you know, now with like Grant and our other speech, like, I'm terrified right now. <laughs> like, like that's the way it is. But, but like, you're if you're not scared, like yeah. you're not going to grow. Mm -hmm. And, and be, because I like scare myself, like yeah. it forces me to to really think about. Okay, well, who do I need now on the team? Like, mm -hmm. you know, because you know, going from running our event um, in 2022, you know, we had we sold like 1,200 tickets for it. Like mm -hmm. it was great. Nice. But I want to have 3,000 people yeah. next year. So it's like okay. You know, obviously we need a bigger venue. Mm. We need bigger speakers yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but but now it's like, okay, well, who do I need on the team to get me there? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, like I, I'm terrified right now. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. That's that's, that's the way it, so you embrace you, yeah. you that you, like you want that feeling. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Nice, like, nice. Like, like it, uh, it's a big mo like uh -huh. fear is probably yeah. the biggest motivator out there. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, people get motivated to buy things based mm -hmm. on fear. Yeah. Um, so I, you have to motivate yourself. Yeah. And, and it forces you to expand how you think about something mm -hmm. and how you approach a problem. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, like and you know, like the worst thing. If I don't hit three thousand people, but I have twenty five hundred, yeah. it's still a lot bigger than last year. So yeah, like, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, but yeah. you know, I, I like hitting my goals. Of course, so, yeah, so, for sure. So we're going to hit three thousand, but uh, but yeah, like yeah. Okay, so why why are setting goals important? Uh, well, because I think it sets like a target. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like for for instance, like I've got a, I've got the goal for five years in five years with the event of getting ten thousand people. Mm -hmm. What that does is, you know, whether we whether we hit the ten thousand or slight, like it forces me to, it gives me that roadmap again, right? Yeah. I need to know where I'm going. Yeah. So the decisions I'm making today yeah. for our 2023 conference, they're going to affect the three years from yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, you know, first class venues. Mm. You know, uh, getting the best experience, like yeah. that stuff in 2023 will propel me. Yeah. Um, you know, I propel me into you know 2025, 2026. Yeah. Um, so it just like having that goal, it gives you direction. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I set a small goal, it's like, okay, well in five years, I want 2000 people. Yeah. 
the the decisions I make, the the team you I wouldn't build. be reaching for Grant Cardone. No, you wouldn't no. be reaching for Kevin O'Leary and no. not this guy. Yeah, yeah and, and like and and how I structure the team will be different. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah, you know, yeah. right now, you know, with, with you know yourself or somebody listening. Like, yeah. if you're listening right now, like, you are listening to the Wealth Talk podcast, hosted by Richard Adokasi from Create Wealth Network. The Wealth Talk podcast is expanding on the principles that are within the map book the Mind Assistance Program, particularly the Focus 11, which are 11 aspects that we focus on in life to create wealth. These aspects include mental, spiritual, physical, relationships, financial, yourself, contribution, new, business, learn, discipline. We will feature guests that specialize in these aspects to expand your awareness and consciousness on creating wealth. Thank you and enjoy the show. If your goal is to own, you know, a hundred units yeah. versus somebody whose goal is to own 10,000 units, mm-hmm. you're going to think about it differently from yeah, the start. Yeah, you're right. So, so you know, have the 10,000 unit goal because you're going, to, you're going to be thinking so much longer, like farther down the road mm-hmm. rather than somebody like with the podcast I ran, yeah. the, the biggest thing that stood out over like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of interviews is, you know, the person with the small goal generally hit their goal. And the person with the big goal generally hit their goal too. Okay. You know, I had people on the show. Yeah, you know, you know, my goal was to own a thousand or sorry, a million dollars of real estate or uh. have a million dollars of equity. 
they mostly hit it. Yeah. But then I had people who had a goal of 10 million uh, or 50 million. Yeah. They hit, they hit it. it. Okay. I, I, had couple, <laughs> I had a couple people who had goals of, you know, 1 billion. They hit it too. Wow. So, you know, it's just, I think you have to expand it. And that kind of goes along the, the with the theme of scaring yourself mm. and thinking bigger. Like you have to go big. Because it's going to expand how you think, uh, how you tackle the problem. Mm -hmm. And when you go big, it allows you to bring on better people. Like, you know, with the conference, with the, your first real estate deal, mm -hmm. you can't do it on your own. Like, mm -hmm. you can't take, take down an apartment building on your own. Mm -hmm. If you go for a four unit, it's not big enough. Mm -hmm. But if you go for a 50 unit, 100 unit, 200 unit, mm -hmm. you've got the sizzle. Yeah. Now you can bring people on your team. Yeah, people yeah. get excited. Yeah, excited, yeah. Right? yeah That's yeah, what it yeah, is. Yeah, and then yeah, you think yeah, about yeah. the asset differently. Mm -hmm. yeah. So talk about the relationships because, you know, you talk about get, gathering people and stuff and even with your conference, that's what you did. You gather people, you yeah. know, together. So, you know, talk about relationships because it seems like you wanted you wanted to ensure that no one was on Zoom or anything, that everyone oh, came there. Yeah, right? I, I hate Zoom with a passion. Oh, right? yeah. I, you know, like you and I doing this interview now. Yeah. You know, if we were over Zoom, it would have a different feel, yeah, yeah, different sure. energy level. Yeah. Um, and for two years, I was so sick of doing things online. Like mm. I, I detested it. So, and one of the things with the conference is, yeah, uh, people were asking, hey, can I just get a virtual like stream it? I said, no, like mm. you have to show up because mm. that's a big benefit. Yeah. And, and one of the things that, you know, we were really happy with and it kind of posed some problems is like once people got to the conference, mm. all they did was wanted to talk to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, like yeah. All, all the breaks, like it's just nonstop talking, yeah, yeah, yeah. which was awesome mm. because like people want that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, Russell Brunson's another guy now. Um, he's not live streaming his... Uh, his uh, big events because mm. he's like it's important that you show yeah, up. Show up. Yeah, show up. Yeah, and yeah. you know, sure the content's good, like mm. like all that, but it's it's the connections, yeah, you make, the people you make. That's the foundation of real estate, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, like nothing's virtual. Like I, I was a big proponent of like the, the foundation of real estate. All the most successful investors I've ever spoken to mm. had built solid relationships, mm -hmm. right? And and, and that's kind of. And you can only do that in person. You can't really do that no. online and stuff like that. No. But but so that that's the key component, you know, with even deals like the relationships, like it's known for you, like for you to get the proper deals or to, for you to even know how to find a proper deal. Yeah. You know, you have to learn, you know, from somebody or yeah. you know that's built through the relationships that you have. Yeah, for for sure. And you know, like now. Now there's so much more education than when I was, uh, you know, starting investing in real estate. Mm -hmm. You know, like over ten years ago, like. You know, now there's like online learning stuff. There's, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of books, like there's YouTube. Mm -hmm. Like there was nothing on YouTube like uh, a decade ago. Yeah. Almost, right. Yeah. So what, whether it's like, uh, you know, my, my course, somebody else's course, mm -hmm. like there's so much education out there. Yeah. Right yeah, now yeah. For people for sure. Okay. 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 A question that we, we want to have here on the, on the Wealth Top podcast, because, you know, we're all connected. We're all growing. You know, and, you know, I see you're in it, you're working. And that's a key thing that we want to know. Like, how can we break bread with you? Like, you know, for the people that are watching, you know, for me, myself, because you're doing a lot of things, you know, I'm definitely going to support the, the multifamily. But, you know, generally in your site, like, how can we break bread? Whoa, um, lots of reasons. Okay. <laughs> well, number one, like, if you've got something valuable, like, let me know. Okay. <laughs> like, like, it's kind of what we talked about before, like, like going with, um, you know, like, uh, I, I get people contact me like every day. Okay. Um, and like there's good pitches and bad pitches, right? Mm. The bad pitch, it's all about them. Mm. The, a good pitch is, hey, listen, like 
I, you know, you might have this type of, uh, I see you're doing this, but I think you can do this. Yeah. And this is how I can help you. Mm. Like, that, that's, that's a good two way relationship. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, like I, I've got so much stuff out there for people, like just trying to get the word out, like on YouTube, nice. like we post a weekly YouTube video, just helping people with multifamily investing. We, we run like a Facebook group just for uh, multifamily investors. We've got like a course we're running. We've got the conference. Nice. Like, uh, so, so much stuff. Out That's there. amazing. Can you yeah. plug those in? Like, can you tell oh, us yeah. how to find you? Yeah, online? yeah for, for sure. So YouTube, youtube.com slash Seth Ferguson. Mm. That takes you to like, we've got hundreds of videos now mm. um, just on multifamily. So okay. it's very specific. Multifamilyconference.ca is the conference website. Like yeah. we've got some really big announcements coming out pretty soon with uh, with that and uh yeah like other actually those those two are the best places to start okay um and then uh, you can get into all the other stuff uh from there okay okay yeah. thank you so much yeah. seth ferguson well top podcast he shared so much you know and look out for the the, the fat multi-family conference because honestly thank you again yeah you know i want to shake your hand man, because you. you know like you you were that person like you said when you're giving those checks you were scared but you took that upon yourself, yeah. you know, say, okay, I'm doing this, you know, and we needed it. We needed it because that is the, the information for that's not out there. It definitely switched my mindset up in terms of like how I really want to get in the game. Because, yeah, I, that, yeah, you said my go right out. I want 100 plus doors, you know, yeah. and, you know, the multifamily seems like that's the way it's going to happen, you know. Yeah, so, that is, yeah. you know, I definitely um, I appreciate you for, you know, like even sharing, you know, the pieces that you shared. You know, and is there anything that you want to take away with? Like anything that you could add before we sign up? Yeah, I, I would say like the thing I found is like, I talk with a lot of people and people will come up to me and say, hey, I want to do my first deal. And I see that person a year later, two years, three years, three years later, and they still haven't done it. Mm -hmm. So like if you're on the fence, it's kind of like writing a check for to run a conference or doing your deal. Like if you want to do it, just do it. Like, like there's never a perfect op opportunity. Mm -hmm. Like you just have to do it and figure it out as you go. I want you to just, sorry, just expand on what is a good deal? Like when you look for a good deal, like what do you look for? It's that value add. Like how okay. can I control the valuation of the property? How can I bring value to the, the operations? What are some things that you've noticed just in your past? Oh, but poor management. You've got uh, absentee managers, uh, people who are, you know, you know, have uh, let the property run into the ground a little bit. You know, maybe they haven't done renovations. Maybe uh, the owners owned it for 30 years. They're kind of laissez-faire in terms of how they run things. You can take it over. And not only are you making money, but you're giving the tenants a better living experience. Mm. Like it works both ways. Mm. Um, but there's so many different ways uh, to, to add value to a property. And that's all you're looking for. Mm. Yeah. You see he's dropping those gems right now. You know, well top podcast, Seth. I appreciate your time, yeah, man. Thank you. God bless you. This is yeah. the Wall Top Podcast. Tune in, subscribe, and go on his channel. We're going to put the link as well on here, you know, and get that information because multifamily, you know, one thing we're big on is generational wealth, right? And and that's, I think that's the solution, yeah. you, know, you know? So, yeah, tune in and thank you for watching. Yes.